Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linford, and I am here today with James Cole. Now, James is a veteran in the travel industry, in particular cruise, and he's the founder and owner, actually, of Panache Cruises and CEO, aren't you, James? Welcome. That's right. Thank you, Jeanette. First of all, thanks very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh. I don't really like being described as a veteran, but uh, there you go. <laughs> You're still younger than me, though, kids. So <laughs> well, that's you worry. true. Yeah. You look younger than me, don't oh, you? you say all the right things. No, but honestly, I mean, you've been in the industry a long time. You've got a huge amount of experience and knowledge, and we're going to talk all about kind of, you know, your journey, what life's been like for you, and in particular what you're doing now with the exciting newish business yes. that you've got. Um, but before we get into that, do you want to just give us a quick canter through background, where life started and sort of where you are now, and then we're going to go from there. Yeah, well, I'm from the great northwest of England, from uh, Bolton. Um, so I spent uh, my first 11 years in Bolton. My family then moved to Chorley, just up the road. Um Went to a comprehensive school there and then uh, to college and university where I did a, a BA in business and innovation. Um, straight after that, um, perhaps slightly unusually, I did an MBA straight after um, my bachelor's degree at the University of Central Lancashire uh, up in Preston. Um, and then I was very fortunate to get a, a job at Air Tours Holidays. So as a, as a pricing analyst in the commercial department and over the next 10 years, this was back in 1997, over the next 10 years, I, um, my, my career went forward and um, I, I went through the ranks at Air Tours that became my travel and then eventually in, in 2007 merged with, with Thomas Cook. So uh, a lot of my time at Air Tours and my travel was uh, on the cruise side of things. Um, so Air Tours, some cruises at the time was the second biggest uh, cruise line in the UK behind P&O so you know it was, a, it was a great education I was I was really on the, the commercial side the pricing side the product side but um, you know during uh, that time I was in charge of group uh, yield maximization so I was dealing with Scandinavia and Canada and oh, wow. trying to fill up uh, five cruise ships so that was really good mm. um, but in the early 2000s uh, my travel went through the doldrums, you know, in the aftermath of September the 11th. And uh, I think we managed to lose a billion pounds as a business, which, as, as we said before, Jeanette, it wasn't all my fault. <laughs> yes. perhaps, perhaps take a slight responsibility there. But, um, you know, we, we did go through some, some really bad times and uh, we decided to, to close some cruises down. Uh, in January 2004, I met a guy who turned out to be uh, my mentor, my first ever mentor, a guy called John Bloodworth, a Texan, who'd come over from the States 
uh, to run My Travel UK and he, he became uh, the chairman of the, the business I set up in 2008 that we'll come on to. But uh, uh, John said to me, right, we're going to close some cruises down because we can't afford to refurbish the ships, never mind new tonnage. Mm. Uh, but what, what I want you to do is work with me on a project with another guy called Gary Wardrobe. Uh, and build a cruise retail business, which we called the Cruise Store. Um, we took that to 120 million in turnover in three years. Um, then we, uh, well, I, uh, Gary had left at this point. I merged that with uh, Thomas Cook's uh, retail business, which was 180 million. Uh, mer merged that together to be the UK's largest cruise retail business. But um, to be honest, Jeanette, working at Thomas Cook wasn't, quite what I imagined, wasn't for me, um, and decided to uh, go uh, my separate ways. And I came out of corporate life. Um, and at the same time, my, my then business partner, Mal, uh, Mal Barrett, uh, he left uh, my travel and Thomas Cook, and I know you you know Mal well, Jeanette, and uh, we decided to set up a cruise retail business of our own called Cruise 118 was our first brand. Um, and we asked John if he'd come and be chairman, and he, he said he would be. Um, we set that business up, and as I famously say, we sold our first cruise 10 weeks before Lehman Brothers went under. So we got all this investment, all this uh, money we'd raised, we'd put together quite a big management team, and then our whole world um, mm. fell, fell away from us basically quite quickly. And it, it was a question of survival for... Uh, the first two or three years of the business. Um, but despite that, we, we cracked on and we grew a, a successful retail business. And when I left um, Cruise 118 and Six Star Cruises, which was our um, high-end luxury brand that did fantastically well and River Voyages that we brought together, I left there in 2018. Uh, the business was doing over 100 million and we had 185 staff so you know um you know it's gone on from gone on strength to strength since then um during my time at uh, uh cruise 118 we sold part of the business to wth inc the world's biggest seller of of cruise holidays and we had a partnership with those guys for a number of years before myself and mal sold our shares to, to those guys in the States. God, there's loads in here, isn't there? And we're going to get onto the new stuff. Take a pause. Yes, I will do. I'll take <laughs> an intake of breath. Take a pause. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you went from that corporate world and those early days at, at kind of air tours, my travel back in the day, and then became an entrepreneur, essentially, um, through your journey. So... I often, it's an interesting debate, I think, because sometimes people think, oh, well, you know, the two are totally different. They're not, you don't have transferable skills when you come out of corporate and into becoming an entrepreneur. And I think that's totally wrong because, you know, you learn so much that you yeah. can apply to sort of, you know, your own business when you set something up. So how did you, you find that transition for you? You know, what came from your corporate discipline air tours that you brought into the entrepreneurial world that allowed you to be so successful? Because Cruise One Monet, I mean, hugely successful what you created there. Yeah, it was a successful business. And, you know, undoubtedly we learned from the corporate world, but... I think we also learned quite quickly that the corporate world is nothing like starting a new business. Yeah. And, you know, we, we started the cruise store back in 2004, but we had the backing of a corporate business. So, you know, we might have been doing the sales and marketing, but somebody else was taking care of the finances. Somebody else had put the money into it. Somebody else was doing this and that. But of course, it was all 
down to myself and Mal at the time uh, to make sure everything happened. And it was bloody hard work yeah. to, to get things up and running. And that was before, you know, the world's greatest recession hit us as well. Yeah. And then it was just dogged determination to to get through that and, you know, hard work and, and, and just sticking at it and just trying to believe that we would eventually get through um, the the storm that we were facing. Mm. And when you when you actually sold your shares in in one cruise one one eight, and it was your baby, you know, yours and Malja created that, you know, t- together, didn't you? How did it feel? Was it was it the right time to sell? Was it was it sort of a natural next step and chapter for you, or did you feel a bit sad, sort of saying goodbye to it and uh, having spent all those years, you know, creating yeah. an amazing business? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think it my my time had come to move on um, at. Um, WTH UK as it was called then uh, I was exceptionally sad to you know be leaving the people my colleagues that I'd worked with many of them since the start in two, 2008 so that was that was the sad bit but um, do you know what but leaving the business and moving on it, it just felt like the right time to be perfectly honest yeah know? and that's great because actually now you're in another exciting phase really so that was 2018 yes wasn't it? Um, so talk about where you are now in the last couple of years with what you're doing with Panache because I think it's it's fast. I mean, I've been learning about the business from our previous conversation today and I think you're in a really great position. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, Panache takes a lot of the learnings from my corporate career, from a lot of the learnings from the cruise store and um, obviously learnings from WTH, Cruise 118, etc. And, and with a few new things in there as well. So, you know, we've got an absolute focus on luxury and ultra-luxury cruising. So I think the difference there between what we're doing at Panache and what we did at Cruise 118 is Cruise 118 was focused on the cruise market, which was a niche back in 2008, but I'm focusing now on a niche within the cruise market that's grown exponentially during the last 14 years by the pandemic, of course. Yeah. So um, so I'm now focusing on a niche within that and we're, we're looking at um, segments within that niche even. So, you know, expedition cruising would be a great example where the market's going to grow uh, fantastically o- over the next 10 years and, you know, we want, we want to be part of that. Amazing. And so you set the business up, and was it literally you with your phone and, and your laptop and that and that early early phase, <laughs> or did you actually have a couple of people that you know came along with you in in the beginning? Yeah, I mean, it, it did start off with yeah a little bit in in the uh, in the garage at home um, <laughs> that that type of thing. But um, yeah, it, it started off with it with an idea with a spreadsheet. You know what what might the figures look like, and you know what would the cash flow look like, but. You know, quickly when um, we went out to market to uh, see what, what kind of people were out there, when we were in the pandemic, then it was quite obvious there were a few people out there that were, were looking to join us and looking to come on board. Um, and the same can be said with customers as well, Jeanette, because yeah. we, we purposely chose to launch in May 2020 when, you know, the, as we didn't realise at the time, but we're only at the start of the pandemic. Uh, when people were looking for information, people were looking for answers, people were looking to speak to uh, their retailer. And for whatever reason, you know, um, cost cutting or just sheer demand, you know, other uh, competitors weren't there for, for customers at all times. Um, so a lot of people turned to us and we just gave them information, you know, so we weren't even open for business. We were just there literally to give information and we, we built a quite considerable database just in those 
first couple of months of people who we helped out and, and they've been with us ever since and you know some of them are only just getting the confidence to start booking now but you know that that's very much the philosophy that we have at Panache Cruising that we're there to help people our strap line is nothing is too much trouble and we we generally we genuinely live by that uh, philosophy and you know every customer that comes to us is introduced to their very own cruise connoisseur who's there for them right the way through uh, the booking process right the way through the journey uh, we don't have things like IVR phone systems you know if someone calls us the phone rings and somebody answers you know mm. I'm available you know I'm I'm in contact with many of our customers and you know we're just trying to bring back I think what some people call good old-fashioned customer service yeah. so you know the paradox of our business is we're we're online we're a digital business from a marketing point of view but when it comes to booking we're very much offline and we want to get to know our customers we want to know everything about them we want to build up a, a rapport with them yeah you know what i mean i love i love what as you were talking i was thinking god this is it's really incredible what you did because and you're talking about it like it's 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 it's, it's just a natural thing it's, but actually to start a business at the beginning of a global pandemic that in itself is like bloody brave i mean this podcast is called brave bold brilliant right so that in itself i think is is incredible and i'm going to come i'm going to come to that back to that point because i want to explore that a bit more but also the fact that you you weren't open for business but you said to people we're just here to help you selflessly with no commercial benefit whatsoever just to give you guidance support even though I'm not going to take a penny of your money. That's very different and unique, isn't well, it? Well, it, it also almost sounds charitable. It, well, absolutely, but yeah. It, but but let, let's be honest, there was no immediate commercial benefit. You know, we, we were doing it for longer-term uh, gain to get people yeah. on our database, to establish a, a database, and then with the hope that people would, would come to us. And it turns out that they, they, they did come to us and they continue to come to us. So I would just say it was more of a longer-term strategy rather yeah. than, you know, advertising, being price-led, advertising offers and, and, and ramming commercial uh, offers down people's throats. It was more informational giving yeah. uh, to get people onto a database and then to, you know, eventually, hopefully get their business. You yeah. know? So it wasn't a purely charitable thing. We are genuinely uh, interested in looking after customers as we are genuinely, genuinely interested in looking after um, our colleagues as well. But, you know, we, we are in, in this too. To make money and to you know um, create a profitable business. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, but I, but I just think that's a really quite unique way of starting. Yep. Yes, of course. You 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 know you it's a commercial operation. You've got to make money, and that's what it's all about, as well as dealing you know helping the customer. But I still think that's a really unique way of sort of thinking of things in a different different way to kick things off. You know, because like you say, if you treat people in the right way, it will come back to you tenfold. And that's obviously now starting to happen for you, isn't it? Those customers yeah. are really appreciating the support you gave them in, in the beginning and therefore go, this is a business that I actually trust and I, and I want, I trust with my booking and, and you know, hopefully we'll have many cruise holidays with you to come, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what we're trying to yeah, so let's talk about bravery right. <laughs> for a second. Or stupidity? I don't well, know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a bit of both. Maybe you have to be a little bit stupid to be brave sometimes because, um, you, you know, it is about pushing out of our comfort zone. And that's, I genuinely believe that's when we get great results, you know. Mm -hmm. 
sitting in, in doing the same old or what's comfortable isn't necessarily going to help us grow as people or business people either. But being brave and, and starting the business in May 2020 when you did, was that a was that a real gulp of breath? Oh, my God, come on, I've got to do this sort of moment. Or, or were you quite calm about it and thought, no, this is this is good. I'm, I've got this, you know, because that, that is pretty brave, I think, to start a business at a time like that. Yeah, I, th I think in hindsight, it looks like it would have been a brave thing back then, but it felt quite natural. It felt mm. like the right thing to do, because at that time, you know, in, in April, May 2020, you know, I don't think I was the only person thinking that the pandemic would be overish by the end of 2020. So yeah. that was the mentality that we went into. I think if we still knew there were effects of the pandemic in 2022 and, and probably beyond, then perhaps I'd, I would have had a different thought on things. But you don't know what you don't know, do you? So <laughs> we went we went in um, as, as we saw things at the moment. And, you know, of course, we talked to other people as well and got some advice. And it, it seemed like the right thing to do at the time, uh, and it seemed, seemed like the sensible thing. Um, some people said it was it was risky, but the way I looked at it is we were doing this for the long term. So we're not we weren't about Panache Cruises wasn't about what we sold in two thousand and twenty or two thousand and twenty one or indeed two thousand and twenty two. It's about the longer term. Um, so that that was the the most important thing to us is that you know we were in this for the the, the long term and we had to start at some point. So why not start then? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And like you say, because you'd already had all that great experience with Cruise One One Eight, you know you you you're doing it differently and in a very niche segment, as you said earlier. But you're not reinventing the wheel necessarily in terms of all the business knowledge and experience and processes and systems that you've you've got loads of years of experience behind you. So yeah. I think that that is is important, isn't it, uh, to remember that whatever and for anyone listening actually or watching on YouTube, you know, for if you're going into a new venture, always think about the good things you can bring with you. You know, your transferable skills, the knowledge you've got, because I think sometimes we can forget how much we know actually, can't well, we? Well, and I think one of the most important things is you know, the belief that you can do it. You know, if you've done it before, you can have belief that you can do it again. Mm. You know what? And I take a lot of lessons from my marathon running. I am not a runner, uh, but I've done seven marathons. Well, I'm not a um, runner. I'm, 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 not a, I'm, not, I'm not, because, it, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, I, I fundamentally believe anybody can do a marathon. And, you know, but a lot of people, no, but, but I can't. I couldn't do a marathon. Okay, but... If I held a gun to your head or a gun to your child's head, you'd do a marathon there, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course I could. Of course I could. Yeah. You know, so it's about mentality, isn't it? And yeah. just making sure you've got a plan and making sure you implement that plan. And you do that on a regular basis. You know, you're going to have some success. And if you believe in yourself and you've done it before and you can see that you've done it before, then, you know, it's it's all part of of what makes up the formula of success, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. And and it's so important because it always I always say it starts with you and you. Whatever you're doing and whether it in you know business, in life, whatever, it has to start with you, doesn't it? Yes. Um so how do you work on that self belief? Because yeah. it's you know, a lot of people struggle with this. You know, we were chatting earlier before we started recording about imposter syndrome and all the you know, we all were all human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. And self-belief is the is the most important thing to have. But how do you personally work on that? Yeah, well, I've, I've changed a, a bit of who I am over the last few years. So 
Um, I, I gave up drinking on the, the 1st of January 2019. I've not touched a drop of alcohol since then for a variety of reasons, but it's, it's one of the best decisions I've, I've ever made. Um, I'm a lot more healthy now. I make sure I get you know my seven or eight hours sleep every night. Um, I exercise regularly. I try to eat as healthy as possible, although I'm not the best at that, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. But I, I think overall, we've all got to remember we're not perfect. Mm. There is not one perfect person in the world. So, you know, if little things creep in, you know, the imposter syndrome every now and again or whatever it is, or you're unsure of it, or you have a bad day at the office, or you don't think you've been as productive, then, you know, it's not, there's not really something to worry about. If, if that becomes a consistent theme, then obviously you, you might have a problem there. But what I find is having a long-term plan and then having a short-term plan and then having a daily plan. So if my task list is let's say 30 items, if I look at those 30 items on a Monday morning, I'm going to be terrified and I'm probably not going to do much. Whereas if I can take out six of those and say, these are the most important things I can focus on on a Monday and tick them off as I go along, then I'm going to show myself at the end of Monday that I've been really productive and I've done exactly what I set out to do. But more importantly, I've done the right things and it fits in with my longer term plan. So I know I'm on track. Um, and, and that's been really important to me. But looking after myself, absolutely important. Like I say, I've done a, f a few different things. Um, getting up early is an another one. Jeanette, I think I mentioned that to you um, earlier on. Is you know, I know uh, my alarm's set for 5am and I do my most important things 5.30 till 7 in the morning before I go into the office. I spend a little bit of time with uh, my wife and my daughter usually uh, before I go in. And then I, I finish in the office about two or three o'clock most days. Um, and then I'm able to come home, spend some more time with the family or go out for a run or make some calls, whatever it, it is. But again, just thinking about things in a different way, but it, it works well for me. Yeah, and I love that because essentially what you're talking about is creating a, a life by design, a life that works for you, your family, what you want to achieve, you know, business-wise, because you are ambitious, you know, you've got that drive, determination, fire in your belly, but what you've just described there is probably not what most people would think about for an ambitious business leader, to, to have that, to, to structure your day in that way that allows you to take care of yourself, have family time, but you're still driving the business forward aggressively to get where you want to, it, and that, that's fab. Yeah, it's, it's funny, somebody said to me, a well-known, I'll not say who it is, a well-known leader in the travel industry, I explained about my new regime, you know, he said, all right, so you're not, I'm not really serious about panache cruises, then. Are you, is it going to be just a, like a little lifestyle business? I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty serious about growing it into you know quite a decent sized company yeah. um, but it's just interesting to see different people's perspectives on yeah no you're right and, and some people for some people then they had thought of 5am in the morning would absolutely be horrific for them they're night people aren't they but I think the point is that we are all different and it's important understanding what we want to get out of you know why are we doing all this in the first place what's important to us and how can you design something and, and construct your working day and your personal life in a way that's going to give you the maximum enjoyment but also maximum productivity you know because like you said you're really good first thing in the morning you know you, you obviously your energy is good first thing in the morning and i think being self-aware of that is is critical a lot of people aren't self-aware no true yeah and it, and it takes yeah. it takes work doesn't it and it, you've got to prepare yourself and plan yourself 
and, and plan things. But no, it, it works for me. It, it, like you say, it won't necessarily work for everyone else. Yeah, I'm an early bird as well, I like. But, but Chris, my other half, he is early, but not as early as me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'll be like yeah. rolling out of bed at five or six yeah. or whatever, and he'll have like maybe another hour or something. Yes. But yeah. actually, we find a way that that's good for us. We know we have different energy flows yeah. and, and what have you. But yeah, I love what you're. I love what you're doing there. Let's talk about the brand a little bit, yes. if we can, because it's a um, panache. Panache. Sounds yes. great. So yes. that, where, yeah. where did you come up with it? How did you come up with the idea of the brand and, and the segment that you were going to focus on? Because you are very, very targeted. Yes. Which is yeah. going to allow you to serve the customers fantastically well, I think. Yeah, and, and I think, let's pick up on that first. So I, I think because we target the, the higher end, higher average selling price, higher margin product, it does give us that opportunity to be able to spend money, you know, really servicing customers mm. and giving them high-end service and you know really making sure that we do look after uh, every single need that that they have and, and making sure we do abide by our strap line nothing is is too much trouble so that is the you know the the absolute key um to what panache is about it is it is about looking after customers um it's about um you know, uh, just just looking after those customers and, and making sure we follow through with with things. Mm. Um, but panache, where did that come from? It's an interesting one. You know, brands. You know, after time, they don't. The word doesn't really mean much, does it? But panache is just. I don't know. It's just a nice word, isn't it? It's, you know, you do things with panache, don't <laughs> yeah. you? You do things with enthusiasm. You know, it's it just seemed quite nice and. Of course, that all important URL was available, and it was only a fiver or something <laughs> like that. So that made a um, made a, you know a, a difference. And then the fleur de lis that we use as our logo, that just I think it just looks quite classy, really. And you know, it just just falls in line with the product. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I do love it. And you like you say the word panache. It's, it's got a it's got an energy. It's got a movement around it. It's yeah. got a sort of cachet. Yeah. I you know, think so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a really yeah. really strong brand. Yeah. So I know it's going to be great to see how. The business evolves talking about the next sort of i don't know five years and stuff where do you where do you see the business heading you know is it you're going to focus sticking with that niche are we talking about uk you know how big do you want it to be are we looking yep. at international because i know you've got loads of really great ideas haven't you yeah yeah. yeah i mean you know our, our plan is to you know become a you know real decent sized seller of, of luxury and ultra luxury cruises um uh, our targets to uh, be the biggest seller of ultra luxury cruises by 2027 in in the uk um you know and and, and that's something that we're, we're striving to achieve so that that's our target we're only looking at the uk at the moment in terms of um sourcing our passengers but but who knows in the future yeah and the market's grown hasn't it i mean that maybe that be, might be quite an interesting thing because if i think way back um you know the image of the cruise sector if you like was it's for old people um it was a bit stiff and yes. a bit like uh, you know yeah. just lacking in in fun really and it was it just had this sort of quite a negative uh, perception around it many years ago yeah there were there were the 10 myths of cruising oh and, what were the 10 yeah. myths of cruising oh i can't name all of them but it <laughs> was exactly what you said yeah it's very stuffy you know people get herded around like cattle and and things like that but of yeah. course it's a completely different product now you know there's a cruise out there for everyone if you want a mega ship with 30 odd bars and restaurants on board is there something for their rock climbing walls, ice rinks, go-kart tracks, you know, you name it, mm. they can be on the big ships. But again, if you want ultra luxury, 
it doesn't have to be about wearing a, a dinner jacket every night. It can be casual. Um, there can be different restaurants that you dine at, you know, and, and, and some of the food and some of the service is the best that you'll find in the world, not just at sea. Mm. And, and I think that's the attractive thing about ultra-luxury cruising. Um, and some of the destinations that these ultra-luxury cruise lines are going to now is are, are really attractive. You know, Antarctica's opening up the Arctic. Uh, the Galapagos, of course, you know, there's some really, really interesting destinations that you can go to in absolute luxury now. And, and that's what people want, you know, yeah. and, you know, it, it does lend itself to an older clientele. But, you know, most people who have the ability to go on such a, a holiday do tend to be a little bit older. So, you know, it's that's. Well, that's just how it is. In so where do I book? You want my credit card, don't you? Please do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's fantastic. But you're right, the world has changed significantly and, yeah. and the, the quality of the products out there, it's the perfect time, isn't it, for you to hone in on that luxury segment, Yes. as you yeah. said. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you when you came out of corporate life and you, you became an entrepreneur, what do you think, what do you think the qualities are of a good entrepreneur? someone that's going to really make it in that world because some people come out of corporate they think it's going to be great running their own business yeah. and then they go back into corporate because it's not necessarily the right thing for them but you stuck at it you made that transition and you've stayed you know being a business owner founder ceo of, yeah. of, of the businesses that you've led so what is it about being an entrepreneur the qualities that you need to have do you think I think it's a really, really interesting question. I think it depends on the person and I think it depends what qualities you've already got. Um, but I think that the most important thing is, you know, you, you've got to keep going. You know, you've, you've got to be absolutely determined to, to succeed and believe in yourself um, and, you know, surround yourself with, with great people. You know, you can't hide anywhere. If, you, if, if all you've got is yourself and a blank piece of paper, you know, you can't hide anywhere. You've no one apart from yourself to answer to. Um, you know, it, it can be quite a lonely place, I guess, sometimes. So you, you've got to have that self-starter attitude you've got to have the belief in yourself and, and you've got to have a good plan as well um, and you, you've got to have help around you because you can't do everything nobody's perfect as we've discussed and and nobody can do do everything so uh, I think having a good team around you is, is absolutely uh, essential as well mm. and you talked a little bit about earlier around John who was your sort of early mentor and obviously yeah. great fondness and, yeah. and the impact that he yeah. made on made on you um, you know, did that set you up, do you think, having that relationship at that point in your time? Because I'm a bit of a believer that people come into your life sometimes just at a time when you need them, even if you didn't realise, and, and they can really keep a lasting impact. And John's no longer with us, as you were saying, but he's still very much there as a presence in you as a as a leader now, oh, as no. a business person today, oh, isn't no. he? John was a, an inspiration to, to me and... Uh, at the start of, of Cruise 118 when, when Mel and I started that and he, he was there as you know a sounding board he, he was there to reassure us he was there to encourage us you know he was there to kick us up the ass from time to time you know um, and he, he was you know a, a genuine guy and genuinely wanted us to to do well so somebody with that wealth of experience to help and mentor um, myself and, and Mel as well at, at that time you know was you know it was you know, money can't buy that that support um and yeah it's, it's just really important to have somebody around and, and like you say john's 
he's still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still lending his support, even though he's he's not still with us. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So when you look back and uh, you know growing up as a kid in Bolton, yeah. going to the local comp, yes, and, and you you went full on with your education early doors, like you say, yes. you crammed it in early, you know, and did did everything you did. Um, what would that what would that little lad from Bolton at the local comp think about you today? <laughs> oh, that's an interesting one. Oh, well, he'd be, yeah, I think he'd be really pleased with uh, what had happened, you know, in, on reflection and, yeah, just uh, overwhelmed, I think. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been a, a journey. Though we're, not, we're not at the end of the journey. We're only partway through the journey, Jeanette. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, looking looking back on, you know, I suppose where, where I've come from and, you know, where other people I've, I've grown up with have ended, uh, have ended up, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just really pleased with, with where I'm at, you know, I'm, I'm married to a fantastic wife, Heather, um, I've got three gorgeous children, so what, what could be better? Yeah, absolutely. And other people from, you know, those early childhood years, school friends, maybe people you used to hang out with when you were younger that you know, maybe are less supportive of what you're doing in business. Because I think sometimes, you know, not everyone is, well, when they're on, might be on their own journey. Not everyone gets it. Not everyone is fully supportive. Have you ever come across people that have kind of gone, well, you know, what are you doing? Or a bit of jealousy maybe, or, you know, just sort of questioning really you, you um, pushing out, doing what I you're don't, doing. I don't, not, not knowingly, mm-hmm. do you know? I'm sure there are people out there, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you know, you, you shouldn't compare yourself to others and, you know, you, you should have your own path in life, shouldn't you? Yeah. And, and follow that. And as long as you can be a better person today than you were yesterday, then, you know, that that's good enough for me. And if it's not good enough for somebody else, then they probably don't belong in my life anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've got a great set of friends, you know, I've got a, a great family, a very supportive family. So... I can't ask for any more than that. No, and it's an exciting time for the business as well. The best is yet to come, isn't it? Hopefully, hopefully so. You know, we've got we've got some um, good plans, and yeah, we're we're working hard to, you know, recruit some new people and and just really drive things forward. Now we're we're coming out of the um, uh, pandemic, but of course we've then got the the effects of you know the the pandemic. We've got issues with recruitment across the whole industry, but you know, again, we've we've just got to work to get through that and. It will get better and, you know, there will be some level of normality returning and we've just got to keep working. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think resilience is, is, is a word, isn't it, that is quite, you know, is quite aptly used for the industry, but also, you know, what, what you just described there, you've got to be resilient. You've got to be able to deal with all these headwinds and things that kind of come and blow us off track. And, and the travel industry is affected more than other sectors, uh, for sure. It, it is, and I think, you know, testimony to... The people that work in travel, um, that you know, just just look where the businesses are, and and you know how many businesses have survived mm. through what has been an unbelievable and unprecedented situation. And every credit to, you know, the people that work in those businesses that have got their heads down and made huge sacrifices just to keep people in employment and and to keep customers happy you know every, every credit to every single person in the travel industry mm, yeah and you know when you look back can you um do you can you think about what's what's been a real high in your career what's been a real highlight i mean it, it might be more than one but is there is there a moment that you think oh yeah that was amazing actually that was a real good good point in my career oh there's been there's been so many um 
I can't think of a specific one to be honest, but you know, I just I love I love it when the business wins an award because that's that's about the, the business and it's about everybody in the business and mm. what we've all done together to achieve, you know, winning that award. So that that's always good, but you know, just hitting our numbers is is, is good as well and you know, people just uh, you know, getting their first booking, you know, we we've taken on some new new guys, you know, it was an absolute joy when I found out that one of our new guys had done their first booking. It just happened to be a thirty odd thousand pound river cruise that they'd done by ringing a list of people that had been on our database for probably six months, and you know they did a fantastic job doing that. So you know that made me feel really proud, and you know that was a great achievement. Yeah. So they they come in all all shapes and sizes, don't they? Yeah, and it's a great reminder actually because I think you know so often we, if you're ambitious and we're always focusing on what's next, what next we can often miss the wins, the small wins along the way, no matter how small or how big they are, and we should be celebrating them. And that's a yes. really good advice that you've given there. Yep. So yeah, I love that. So when you look back over your career as, and you think about all the advice you may have had, can you think of any particularly good advice that you know has stayed with you or you put into practice and it really made a big impact? I can, and it came to me. I was a director of Chorley Football Club, a local football team. They play in the uh, sixth tier, I think it is, of, of English football. I was a director there. And the chairman, uh, who was in his 70s, his dad, uh, Ken Senior, was 98 years old. And he used to come with us on the away team outings, and he was as jolly and as upbeat and as active as I'm sure any 98-year-old wow. uh, could be. And I turned around to him when we were having um, tea, tea one day, and I, I said, Ken, what's your secret? You know, you're 98 years old, you seem fit as a fiddle, you know, you, you drink with the lads, you have a bit of banter and all this, what's your secret? He said, keep going, lad, keep going, he said. And I thought, you know, that's something that's going to, uh, you know, really stick with me. Yeah. Um, but he's sadly no longer with us. But oh, what, but what an amazing yeah. lasting legacy. Just those few words. Man, Not I exactly. Like, I've, got, I've got all like goose yeah. as you were talking. I can imagine you yeah. actually asking that question. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. And, that, and you're right, you know, one step at a time. Yeah. You know, sometimes we go backwards, but backwards is, is forwards as well, isn't it? And sideways, you know, as long as yeah. we're taking those baby steps, doesn't matter what it is we're doing. Yeah. I think it's absolutely right. Just keep going. Keep and going. I, and I think it is... Fabulous. It is really important to keep reminding yourself of the achievements that you've you've made, oh. even though they are those, just those little ones, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, for some people, just being able to get out of bed in the morning is an achievement, you know, yeah. depending on their situation. So you're right. I like what you said earlier as well about, you know, don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah. And I think that is very, very sound because so often I think we can get blown off track thinking, oh, we should be doing this or so-and-so is doing that. And, you know, it's easy to fall into that. Yeah. But I think that is great advice as well. And, and just... Stick to your knitting. That's yes. what, that's what yeah. my nana used yeah. to say. Stick yeah, to exactly. your knitting. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think there's something around just keeping going. I love that. Amazing yeah. advice. Yeah. And have you ever had any advice that hasn't worked out so well, Dave? <laughs> um, well, somebody once said to me, and I'll not name this person. Um, <laughs> you can tell me later. <laughs> uh, I can tell you later. But they said, greed is good. Greed is good. What a load of bollocks yeah. that is. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was yeah that was probably something yeah wow yeah. okay that sounds like someone from a corporate background but i won't dig i won't dig <laughs> not, not live on air really. not live not live no swearing please we're yeah. live on big brother no honestly that's great and you know this podcast 
Yeah. Well, you know the podcast because you're on it. Yes. It's called Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Yes. As we know. Yes. So, you know, we've talked a bit about bravery and being bold and, and, and you know, wanting to really achieve something that's incredible and, and what you're doing yeah. with Panache being unique, differentiated, all of that stuff, I think, yeah. is, is fantastic. But when you think of those three words or that as a phrase, what does it mean to you? I, th- I think what it, what it means, you know, is, you know, anyone can do anything if they put their mind to it. And, you know, if you've got an idea, if you've got a plan, if you want to do something, don't just talk about it. Put a plan together and do it because you'll regret it if you don't. And, you know, it will happen. Nothing's ever as bad as you think it is. Nothing's ever as hard as you think it is. There's people that will support you. Just crack on and get it done. And, you know, there's there's too many people out there who, who have these great ideas and want to do great things, but they won't let themselves, you know, just do it. Oh, love it. God, that's amazing. That's a fantastic answer. Was a good I one? love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, I want to think you. you practiced it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, that, that, is, that is amazing. I, I think you're absolutely spot on. So, God, I'm so excited for the future for you. I really am. Thank I think you. The best is yet to come. And um, it's been such a pleasure chatting. It really has, no, James. The, the pleasure's been all mine, Jeanette. I'll not tell people where we're doing this interview. <laughs> it's we, a very... <laughs> Directors, and we're actually in a, in a little room under the stairs because yeah. <laughs> we wanted yeah. to be quiet. <laughs> We've got all the best kept secrets. Yeah. It is, it's good though, it's worked well. It's all yeah, and it's been a pleasure to meet you, Jeanette. Oh, thank, thank you, James. Yeah. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five star review. 